Welcome to Back Pain Pals, hosted by myself, Ellen D, and my co-host, Sid, where we discuss our journeys living with chronic pain. The two of us will discuss the many different topics surrounding living with chronic pain, such as facing ableism, bullying, managing daily life, and so on. Now, we are not medical experts, nor are we giving any medical advice. These are simply honest conversations of our own experiences with chronic pain and how we face this day to day. If you would like to contact us, please email us at backpainpals at gmail.com. That's backpainpals at gmail.com. Welcome in. Welcome in. It's lovely to have you here. I hope that all of you are doing well. Welcome to our fourth podcast. Let's bring our friend Sid in. Hello, we're live. Well, hi, Ellen. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm pretty good this morning. Well, it's morning for me. It's afternoon for you. So I'm doing well today. Yay. Oh, look. You did some things for me. Thank you. I appreciate that. I may or may not have panicked while I was still muted and being like, oh, you know that thing that you're supposed to do when you're supposed to be a professional streamer? I didn't do it. That's okay. That is all right, my friend. You're still a pro streamer to me. I totally panicked. You're grabbing some food and hydration and you'll be back? Excellent. Excellent. That's wonderful. All right. So... Oh. We're going to do a podcast today. That sounds like fun. Oh, is that why we're here? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, I mean, I thought... it's definitely not me being here convincing you to say that you're awesome and you being like, no, I'm not going to say that I'm awesome, and then us arguing about it. Well, I can certainly tell you what's getting cut out of the podcast audio today. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. All right, fine. You know what? I'll make you a deal. <clears throat> here we go. Mm-hmm. Let's play Let's play a game of chicken. I will say that... Brock. <laughs> Uh, game, game of chicken. Yeah, this is going to be heard on a podcast platform, or, or two, or five, or ten, right? Welcome in, podcasters. Ellen D is a little eccentric. <laughs> and it's a delightful human being. Okay, so I will say mm-hmm. the thing that you wanted me to say only if you say it first. So whatever... I mean... mm-hmm. I have worked very hard to be the person who I am today. I am proud of the human being I am, and I love myself. I respect that. I am proud of who I am also, and where I've come from, and the things that I've done. But it's hard to say things like, I am awesome, because who goes around doing things like that? That's that's just, it's just weird. I am awesome, and I'm part of a team. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, why are we here today? What's going on? What's happening? Are we talking about uh, chronic pain while having a muffin and some uh, some cranberry some nice juice and mm-hmm. some uh, espresso? Yeah, very much so. Um, so let's transition over. Star swipe. And oh. let's get this started. Lovely. All right. 
Did I lose you, friend? Hello? Chronic pain, physiotherapy, and exercise. Oh. I was doing the end. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Like, and uh... you talked all the way through it. <laughs> Warn me next time. <laughs> I thought I did. <laughs> I thought I did. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll, we'll cut around this a little bit. <laughs> or maybe we'll just leave it all in. I think we should leave it in just, just leave... to show how professional we are. I love it. Because we are not. This is... <laughs> no, we are definitely not. <clears throat> to, to move it into kind of a, a more serious direction, we are not professionals. We're not trying to be professionals. This is a passion project for the two of us because it's something that we deal with constantly in our own lives, which is chronic pain and all the things around it. And we know that there's a lot of people out there who do. And the reason that this is so important, I know for myself, I'm not going to necessarily speak for L&D, but I'm, I'm sure she'll agree, is that <clears throat> these are the conversations that are should be had when we talk about things like mental health and the like, because they're important. Because you can't you can't treat these these issues or deal with them until you're ready to, at the very least, begin talking about them. We're not clinicians. We've had that, you know, uh, sort of uh, disclaimer constantly, but it's important to share experiences, I guess, is my larger point. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's something that we've we've talked about before as well, Um, especially with different shared experiences and having people who have basically walked in your shoes in their own way. And being able to hear your story from someone else's perspective and knowing that you're not alone. That that right now, knowing you're not alone, knowing that you're not isolated completely in your life experience can help so much in helping you to drag yourself out from thinking that you are not worthy of love. You are not worthy of any help. You are not even worthy of like helping yourself trying to get out of pain. Right. Right. And we've talked about that before, too, that, you know, well, mm-hmm. it's just pain and, you know, you diminish it or I, diminish I would diminish it. Diminish belittle, mm-hmm. um, make it seem like it's completely insignificant when in every aspect of your life it is changing. Very significant. <laughs> to the point All that, like, consuming. you can't even finish sentences because you're scrambling to try and find words. Okay, it's all right. You know what? Uh, yeah, because last thing. episode mm-hmm. uh, was uh, brain fog. Right. That was something that we we're talking about yesterday. Yesterday, um, I had a long meeting, for example, and by the end of the day, I was just like, "Nope, brain soup. Can't com- can't communicate." The and fog has settled and is now just a gooey pile of foggy now water on the floor. Yep. Yeah, my sentence was "Don't dead open inside." <laughs> Yeah, I mean the words were there, just no syntax. But you were, you got something. It's like somebody grabbed yeah. a bunch of Scrabble tiles and threw them to you. Here you go. This is what don't you don't dead open inside. Yeah, yeah. So what's today's discussion about? So today's discussion, we're going to talk about chronic pain and doing physiotherapy and exercise. We have a few different things that we're going to go over with it, uh, including mindfulness while doing exercises and also both of our our journeys. Our journeys have been different, even though we have lived with chronic pain, specifically with back pain, for a good chunk of our adulthood. And our journeys are different. And that's also really interesting. And I wanted to dive into that today. Perfect. Yeah, 100%. Um, 
so I, I guess the best place the best place I think might be to start at least is to talk I, I think maybe we should cover like what our physical activity levels were prior to being dealing with this this current phase of our lives where we're in chronic pain since your accident and my uh, situation that occurred, whether because it wasn't an accident, it was just like an on, like a, like a long onset type of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was it like for you, like when growing up? Were you very active? Did you do a lot of stuff outdoors? Were you not so much? Uh, so I was in guiding um, most of my life. So like Sparks, Brownies, Guides, Pathfinders, Ranger, Junior Leader, all that stuff. So like Scouts, I, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I camped. Four years, uh, four seasons, all four, including winter. I would sometimes make my own Quincy and sleep in it that night type like camping. And uh, activ- activity-wise, um, I w- played center defense in soccer or football, depending on which side of the country you're from. Or which continent, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So fairly active so, then. Fairly active, um, especially with my girlfriend at the time, we would spend... Um, Friday, either Friday night or Saturday night at the, the local gay bar and dance for hours. We would show up probably about 10 or 11 and we would dance until close. Right. So much fun. Oh my God. I, I miss that. And that like full body, like just constantly moving. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. It sounds like it. I was never, I was never into dancing, but uh, I could see that being uh, a lot of fun. Um, I wasn't until I met my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, and even like during the summer times, of the city that I used to live in, I would retire my bus pass for this for the summer season, right. and I would bike. Oh, okay. And so I had like those my calves. Oh my god, I Kick had those steel like steel doors, huh? Yeah. Nice. Nice. So nice. fairly active, though in between, also very stationary because a lot of the time I was working at uh, sit stations doing work either online or I was just walking around in a department store which is essentially where my injury occurred was when I was working at a department store and I lifted something incorrectly while on a ladder and my back blew out yeah my the uh the, the squishy part of my back blew out while I did that that's terrible it it was awful, and I literally haven't really recovered from that moment. That right, was I mean, a single moment where I chose poorly, and it has completely changed the trajectory of my life. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the, that was the, like the, one of those defining turning point moments. You could literally track on a on a map, like okay, there was a fork in the road. This was the fork I took to the day, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I because I know to the day because I was supposed to go to a wedding the following day. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's not too uncommon. I think we all can, I mean, have significant events in our lives that, you know, track that way where it's like, okay, well, this was literally the turning point of my life right here. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, that was that was yours. Yeah, that was mine. Okay. That was mine. We were understaffed and I was just like, no, it's fine. I'm twenty in my 20s. I can lift whatever I want. I'm, oh, uh, even in high school, we, uh, there was one time we were doing, um, all the grades got together and we had different houses, not, not like Harry Potter houses, but whatever, same, same sort of concept. And one of the things that we were doing was the women were doing arm wrestling and I was in grade nine and I'm like, mm-hmm. I can do this. I've got strong arms because uh, where I grew up, I grew up on a farm 
And for the winter, a lot of our heating came from a wood stove. And so I would have to carry the wood into the house so we could stay warm during the day and overnight. So like I was constantly lifting fairly heavy wood and after after time over and over again you get fairly strong so yeah at in grade nine i was for our all the women in our school who did that i was the strongest woman right and i went from being that to being sometimes having to lay down to eat because i was in so much excruciating pain that any other movement was unthinkable yeah well that is a thing i know for sure Mm -hmm. yep Eating while eating food while lying down is not the best thing in the world. And uh, especially no, no, no I remember it was always those small, small bites to make sure that I didn't accidentally choke on the food I was eating. <laughs> yes. So I didn't have to have the Heimlich maneuver done on me, which would have been so much more painful. Oh God, yes, yeah. I mean, that's a life-saving thing. It's not a comfortable thing. Never. No. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. And from the beginning, uh, with uh, I started off with a chiropractor, which is interesting for me specifically. I'm fairly hypermobile, and I was lucky enough my chiropractor ha- did their specialist uh, paper specifically on patients who were hypermobile. Okay. So I had the best person to help me at the beginning, because that was their their specialty. Basically, were patients like myself. Right. And from the beginning, it was getting active again. It was doing exercises. It was even if it was small ones, like um, the clam where like you're lying on your side and you have your knees bent and you just open your knees, open, close and keep your feet together and just do open, close. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, it doesn't even have to be far. Any even motion. If it's just a little bit. And then do the other side. Yep. Yep, exactly. Any, any motion in those situations is the way to be. I mean, yep. and... I'll be honest, when I first started dealing with my back and all the things that, that sort of spawned from that, uh, at first I really didn't understand. I'm like, wait a minute, your back is bad. Why would you be moving around? Why would you be trying to do anything? You have to let it heal, which was completely the wrong mm-hmm. thought process, but it didn't know any better. So, yeah. it, you know, it, it was I was resistant to that at the very beginning. This is not the case for what's going on now, but... Uh, yeah, it, it's later. different for different things. Like, if you've broken a bone, yeah, you don't want to be standing on it. Mm-mm. But this wasn't a broken bone. No. Well, and I I love to hear that, too. Like, that you were just like, okay, I literally, any mo- motion that I can make, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you're pretty busy. You're very active. And then you have this thing that puts you in this place. Um... I guess I'm treating this like an interview. So when, <laughs> so when you um, so after you sort of emerged from that initial situation where you dealt with the initial injury and whichever treatment options you had and sort of got back to whatever your new normal began to be, um, can you walk through kind of your exploration into what worked, what didn't work? All the things like uh, you sort of like we discussed earlier today, yeah, on our show prep call. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, one of the things from the beginning was physiotherapy. Um, having different physiotherapists, and that was okay. And I would do the work when I was there. It mm-hmm. wasn't interesting enough for me to do it at home, though. Right. And so I wouldn't engage at home when I needed to be doing these every single day. And yeah. that's part and parcel of it. You have to move 
every day. Hey. Uh, if if anything takes anything from this, you have to move every day. Even when you don't want to. Even when, like, that's the last thing you can even think of doing. Even if it's small. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just doing a quick, like, lap walk around your kitchen or something. If you have a big enough kitchen or living room or whatever living space that you have. Like, just walking from one end to the other end a couple of times. Just, just to keep your body moving. Because as soon as you stop, you start wilting. Yeah, 100%. And that happens fairly quickly, too. I mean... Very just for the sake of argument to support what Eleni just said, when I started going through this most recent bout with my uh, my back, it took less than, I think it was probably about four to six weeks maybe, before I had almost no use of my left leg due to just the muscle starting to lose. Atrophy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, add to the fact that I had also nerve function loss too, so that didn't help whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. but a significant muscle mass loss, the inability to, to make use of the area of my leg that did work because of the inactivity. So, yeah. and I would always encourage anybody, obviously you want to talk to your doctor and talk about what your limits are and blah, 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 but any kind of motion that you can do, you know, when you're dealing with that situation of, of chronic pain, do it as much yeah. as you're able to tolerate, you know, within limits, obviously, um, because the amount of the the amount that the that kind of motion does uh, to um, help sort of promote you know blood flow to all the you know places all over the body with you know normally that um, don't get focused on when you're just sitting around all day you know mm-hmm. and all the, and all the oxygen moving around I mean that's all going to help um, sort of promote healing if you're you know dealing with an acute chronic uh, I'm sorry, acute issue with pain, or even chronic when you have, uh, you know, horrible inflammation days. Absolutely, absolutely, and it doesn't have to be big. I'm doing stretch right now while while we're talking, and I'm doing it with my fingers, my hands, and my wrist. Huh. Doesn't have to be big movements. Doesn't yeah. need to be huge. It doesn't. You can even do it in your chair. Um, one of the ones uh, my pain specialist had recommend, especially for like really really bad days when I can barely move, is chair yoga. I was going to mention chair yoga. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Chair yoga is another really good one. Um, so yeah, my my journey has been a long one, and I have gone through different things. I've had people being like, "Well, have you tried this?" And I usually would tell them. Um, the different specialists I've seen and if I was being really ornery that day or if they were being particularly unkind with mm. their oh we'll just do this I would tell it to them in alphabetical order <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> because the point across in, in, in a weird way yep yep also because I'm a nerd and it's fine that's fine yeah but, yeah, but I start off with uh, the chiropractor and physiotherapy and I managed to get enough momentum i finally went out and there was a sale going on for a personal trainer at this specific gym i'm like okay i i need to keep moving and i need for it to be interesting for me to keep doing it right and i started with a personal trainer the first individual i'd start off with was really really nice really good we clicked right away and then they moved and i had a new person and the new person that i was working with was just like oh do it do this much weight this many times. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. You know I have an injury, right? Like, you know that I am trying to get better because I currently have 
a very sore, tender spot. And if I overdo it, it will bring my myself back several months in terms of gains that I have right now. And they're like, you're going to be fine. You just do this. And oh, I did great. it. And I words. trusted them. And it was too much. Right. And then I didn't go back to that gym. And I was out on my back for three months from that one incident. Wow. Not only that, I was still paying for that personal trainer company. That's awful. That entire time. And you have to sign a thing right away saying that you will not sue them if you injure yourself. And any money that comes into the company is theirs and you cannot ask for it back. And you have to sign a thing saying that you understand this. Non-refundable policy. Yeah. Non-refundable. And any injury is your fault. Uh, I don't know if that would hold up necessarily if, God forbid, something were to happen. But uh, I'm also not an attorney. It just doesn't sound like a legitimate thing that would, like, you know. Yeah, I had to sign a, a contract saying that I understood this and that the only way I was allowed to use the gym was under that understanding. Sure. No, I... I um. I, so when I called and being like, I need this canceled immediately, and they're like, oh, well, can we keep you? I'm like, I have been this because of you for three months. That is the only time I have not had someone try to really convince me to stay with a company. And so I didn't do anything for a while. I finally found a new place. Um, I think it was like three bucks a month mm -hmm. to have a gym membership. So something that was within at that time, I hadn't worked in a while. And this was before I was receiving disability. So I was, we were literally a one person income. We had to get a roommate to try and make ends meet. Wow. Okay type thing and I started it was three dollars a month I'm like I could I could do three dollars a month and I started going to to the gym and trying out different things slowly carefully I'm just like none none of this is really speaking to me either and I don't like it and we eventually got rid of that and what's subscription the, sorry to interrupt what is the time span here so since you know you kind of started oh this is getting to years at this okay point. I was gonna say it's a lot of stuff yeah yeah this is years at this point so Injury happened in 2009, so we're doing 2009 until 2015. Okay, so a very our, significant long, uh, period of time. Yeah, this is that's the, the time zone that we're looking at here. Uh, 2016, I move. Mm -hmm. uh, my spouse and I buy a house well outside the city in the middle of nowhere because that's what we could afford. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm on disability at this point. And one of the things that this local area has, because the the population of the individuals here is much higher than where I came from, and they have a fantastic um, complex here, they had geriatric water aerobics. Oh, right. Yes. The uh, Yes. And so I started with geriatric water aerobics, because that's literally all I could physically do. And some individuals... We're just like, oh, we've lived here for 52 years. And I'm like, I am not even that old. And close to that old. Yeah. Not even close to that old. But that's fine. This is great. I only feel a little uncomfortable doing this. And I absolutely needed it. That's and great. I needed to start from there. Yeah. It's if I had tried, point. yeah. If I had tried going the one up, I wouldn't have done it. And I would have failed and I would have been like, well, water aerobics is not for me. 
Right. Um, so I did that for a couple of years and I made it, it helped to build up enough endurance to make my way to the next level up for, for water aerobics. And then I started included walking. So there's this beautiful grove within walking distance of my house. Yeah. And so I started doing water aerobics and walking and it's, it's not that far to get to and from, uh, from that I started doing walking and then just yoga. Cause there was a yoga studio that had opened up in town and I was like, yoga's okay. I'm half and half on it. And really? during that time, yeah, interestingly enough, and I'll continue on with that. I went yeah. from the yoga, um, my, I was, we were visiting the in-laws and the, their neighbor was selling their house and they happened to throw this elliptical out onto the street being like, if anyone wants it, we grab it. My spouse and my brother-in-law ran for it, threw it in our car. <laughs> so we got a free elliptical. That helped a bunch in terms of weight loss. And that's another thing that is, we're going to probably touch on as well is like oh, God, your yeah. weight mm -hmm. when you're talking with a professional about your pain. Oh, boy. Um, Let me get into that at some point here. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Um, with the elliptical, I was able to lose 50 pounds. Yes. Now, I am still overweight. That is still 50 pounds less that my spine has to walk with. Right. And from there, I found uh, with the yoga studio, they had something called Pilates. I'm like, this sounds interesting. And I'm like, immediate fell in love with it. Yeah. Like, I mean, full like this. This is the thing from physiotherapy to personal trainer to gym to geriatric water aerobics to walking to yoga to the elliptical. This Pilates. This is what I've been looking for my entire life in terms of what I what I need for my body. Mm. And from there, within the last, I'm going to say four months, five months now, um, I've worked my way up to what's known as a Cadillac machine. Let me show an image of it on here. <sighs> for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I apologize. For those who are here on Twitch, this is what is a Cadillac machine, a Cadillac for Pilates specifically. And this is one of the machines I, that I work with. This is actually an exercise that I do where my feet are in two different stirrups and I do what's known the walking and so you sit, you're lying on your back, legs up 90 degree, and you walk one foot down, 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 and then back up, 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 up. Yeah. And the springs provide you with the tension. And they also provide you with the helping you back up again. So it's tension on the way down, assisting on the way back up. Which is great. And it's well, absolutely great. For those who can't see it and haven't looked it up yet, it does look strange. So imagine a... Oh, yeah. I would say what a three foot tall table with like a like a mini phone mat and then a structure above it of pipes that go sort of turn it into a uh, square shape but on either side mm -hmm. and then a whole bunch of I can't springs and apparatus that makes it look like an odd torture device but it is obviously not meant for for that it's just meant for you know, promoting healing and for stuff. helping but you. It up. just looks interesting. Is is all. Is yeah. What I'm trying to say. And it's fun because you can use use it in so many different ways and they have different bars different pulleys you can be standing while using it so um there are things that are currently hanging right now that have like these really soft looking um, braces for your hand that's one of the ones that i use where i'll put one hand in reach my entire body out and then curl into myself so it it opens up my obliques mm -hmm. 
and get them nice and stretched out. For those of you who don't know what your obliques are, touch your left and right uh, ribs on the on the outside. Those are your I'm obliques. I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. I'm touching them. Those are ob- obliques, and it and that specific exercise opens them up like a fan. So your ribs just do a, a nice big opening and then settling back down. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get rid of the image. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, so that has been my journey. And I it's found. It's a hell of a journey, by the way. Well, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, I've had a hell of a life so far and I hope <laughs> to continue doing it. I, yeah. I, duh. Yep. Hello. Of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And part and parcel of it is meeting professionals who were like, well, if you lose weight, it would help. And I think maybe we right. should touch in on that. Yeah. Next. Because that's something my... we have both. And <clears throat> you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, because I need to. No, no worries. I'll just walk through mine really quick. So I, I wasn't overly active uh, when just before my injury, but when I was younger, I always was. I mean, I always did sports as a kid, uh, a lot of uh, soccer or football, again, whichever you like to call it. Um, uh, you know, baseball, uh, even basketball. I loved basketball. Oh, my God. That was my favorite. I was terrible at it, but I loved playing it. I didn't care. Offense, defense didn't matter. It was my favorite, like, just uh, sport with my friends. We go to the, like the local rec center. We also had a, a you know a court like not a court a hoop in front of our house that we used uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Um, I wasn't overly into exercising, but I I always worked a physical job at least at the time. So I always kind of got my exercise from that. I never really did anything outside of that. Um, but always pretty active physically and then i went into an office job and that kind of changed over um my activity level kind of deteriorated as you know as it can happen and i think that's what began to help move things along with my back that i had previously injured years ago um i'm not saying it's a soul issue but it certainly doesn't uh help either and then when i when i went through my initial situation with my back back in 2008 uh that whole situation lasted for quite a while i went from bouts of being okay physically to completely down i would go to physical therapy for a bit injections be fine and then just down on my butt again so after my second surgery and i was able to sort of go back into normal life um I very gradually started doing things like working out again a little bit here and there, you know, moving just as if mm-hmm. like what you were talking about, any motion is good. So I would, I couldn't really sit. I couldn't do much of anything physical, but I'm a heavy guy and I've been carrying around this weight for all these years. So my legs are strong. I know I have good strength in my leg and I can walk. So that's what I would do. I was walk as much as possible. And then I discovered yoga um, and I would just do yoga off of, you know, YouTube, like beginner's yoga, that kind of thing where it was just, uh, where it was just, you know, a video and very simple moves. And little by little, like I discovered that despite having had a fusion, it was helping me build muscle around areas that were felt like they needed that kind of support, like, you know, your core and they talk about that, um, and helping to, you know, stretch those muscles that would otherwise bind up very badly around an area that's previously injured or, or, you know, had surgery on it. 
um, helped a lot too. So that went on for a couple of years where I was just simply doing yoga. And then little by little, I got into, um, I did a, a 5k for a charity and I really got into oh, wow. doing these a lot. I, I love them. I did one, uh, involved, you know, where, where we did one where it was for, for work. Um, a couple, I'm trying to think one where we were supporting the, um, MS foundation, um, I think there were a couple other charities, but not a ton, but a lot, you know, quite a few a year. Really enjoyed them. And it wasn't until the, it's kind of a funny story, I, I suppose. So downtown Phoenix is essentially just for businesses. It's a very quiet downtown when it's not during business hours. So there was supposed to be a 5K at this uh, Veteran Square Park where it was supporting a... Um, I think it was um, charity support. It was a was it American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I think that that's what it was. The out of the out of the dark walk, the five k. I got there a day early. Uh, I thought it was on Saturday. It was supposed to be on a Sunday, so I was the only person in the park that was there oh, for five yeah. k. <laughs> and I had Ubered there because I was gonna just you know do the five k, and then uh, someone's gonna come pick me up. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna walk home. So I started to walk and walk and walk, and I did, I think, a total of about seven or eight miles that day, which was more than I'd ever really bothered to walk in, you know, that kind of instance. So I discovered yeah. that I loved hiking, and so tied into the, like, weight loss, I, I was well over 300 pounds uh, back then, and I have been on and off throughout the years, something I, I've dealt with quite a bit, and I've come, I've come uh, back down to you know 230s and back up to 330 and so on and so forth i discovered i love to hike we have a lot of mountains here that are in the city that are these you know great desert mountain trails and they're all tucked away in these nice areas of um of this greater valley area so you're you're here in this large city and you have great hiking so i said screw it i'm just gonna walk from my house which we, we were renting a condo at the time from my house and um thank you sorry friend uh from uh, my okay. house to this local mountain path and i would just go up and down every day and it was a fairly steep hike and that took me from instead of just climbing to go like going longer distances and i didn't know how much i would really love doing this i i I considered it active meditation. I would just take my, my music, go out there, and just simply get lost on those trails. And some of the most gorgeous trails and desert scenery, you you know, if you if you appreciate that kind of scenery, um, that you could be among. And I did that for quite a few years. I would go out every weekend. I would just get lost for hours. Um, my my personal goal was a, a, a path that went 11 miles one way. And my goal was to do back and forth. So I would literally arrive at the mountain, the, the, the base of the mountain path that this went around and continued on for quite a while uh, at like 4.30 in the morning with my headlamp and, you know, my, my, my headphones. And I would just start out and go for until like 6 that night, you know. And these were things I had been able to do after the surgery and after all the stuff. So I was probably not doing myself the best uh, self-care in that time because while I was progressing with weight loss and being able to, you know, have endurance, I wasn't taking the time in that 
in, in that time to make sure I was actually paying attention to the problems that I had before. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I or never, sort of brushing them off. Right. Like, oh, I just need to stretch more. I just need to do more yoga. I'm not doing enough of that. And, you know, in instances where that would pop up, it would help. Um, but long term, not sustainable because I wasn't listening to myself, which is where kind yeah. of what brought me to where I'm at right now, which we've discussed before on the podcast. So that's kind of my journey sort of prior to and after uh, my initial injury, you know. Um, but with regard to the weight loss thing, like losing weight will help you with any number of different things. I, I think we can all agree. But when it's the only focus and nothing else is discussed at all with 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 us, you, you're really going to lose people because there are more things that go into just as simple as losing the weight because I've lost it forgive the expression, a shit ton of weight before, and I have improved in many ways, but certain things still continue on, mm -hmm. despite the fact that you've lost the weight, because the damage is done, right? Yeah. Not much not much you can do to really, truly repair it. You can improve, but there's no, there's no repairing it. Makes yeah, sense? And we've got... It does make sense. And we've got uh, Chez Plus Cats saying, doctors like to default, oh... But if you lose weight, it would help. Yes, you don't need to tell me that. That's not going to take care of everything. So I'll worry about that. And you give me something useful that I don't already know. I That frustration, I know that. Oh my gosh, I know that one. Because again, like as you were saying, like sometimes you can't do these things. Right. They're not within our power. And mm -hmm. sometimes all you can do is just like a little tiny movement. That's not going to help you weight, lose weight, but it's going to make sure that your muscles don't completely atrophy. Right. I I remember, um, I think it was during my second year with my chronic pain. And I had like these winter hiking boots that I had been wearing. And this that was like near the beginning of the injury. The following winter, I went to put them on. And the amount my shoe size had changed because the side that I was injured on had atrophied so much really surprised me and just my foot. So I'm right. Uh, I'm right handed, right foot dominant. And that's where my injury is. And I had it so that my shoes, um, I just had to, they had these little uh, tabs on the side and I always kept the, the laces fully tied up. So I only had to go like crossover, crossover. They're done. Right. And I was just like, Oh Wow. I my my shoe could almost fall off. There was so much of a difference between when I was mostly okay to now of how much atrophying just in my foot. And I that was that was a huge huge surprise for me. Yeah. Yeah, I and I experienced that very recently where I just simply like it, it wasn't pain that was keeping me from walking. It was the lack of ability to walk. My body was saying yeah. We can't do this anymore. You better you better you better use that other side there because uh, you're you're not leaning all your weight over here. I I yeah. still uh, now granted my surgery was only seven weeks ago or, or seven weeks ago. Seven. It's recent. Yeah, very yeah, recent. Very recent. Um, so it's not a surprise that you know because I've been moving since then it's improved but it's not quite there. So I can't do things like you know if I'm trying to move a certain way I can't stand one footed like I will. I will start to collapse because I can't keep my weight on the one mm -hmm. leg. It's not going to happen. 
but again, yeah. it's the loss of muscle function that that is the issue, not necessarily actual like physical pain. Um, one of the things I was discussing with my Pilates instructor actually on Friday. So um, for a while, um, if I was standing all my weight on my right leg, and if I tried lifting my heel off the ground, the nerve was being pinched so that the signal wasn't coming down. And I could not, with all of my might or strength or concentration, could not lift my heel off the ground. Yep. Your body was like, this isn't an option anymore. There was no signal being right. sent. It literally could not sense it was being there. Since then, m that area, the glute and, the, and such, doesn't necessarily engage properly. Mm. And I have to do a lot of extra work to wake it up to get that signal to start working again and to talk to him. Being like, no, seriously, you need to wake up, wake up. All the hardware is still on, there. <laughs> we got to go. It's go time. Sleep at the switch. And so we've been doing a few extra exercises ahead of time. And my Pilates instructor is like, okay, let's try it on. Your we tried my right side first. And I was just like, okay, I'm trying. I'm doing. I'm a. It's a. I don't. I'm, mm, literally, verbatim, exactly <laughs> what I was saying. Right. Uh, and then we tried on my left side, clear as a bell. And so my Pilates instructor is like, right. okay, going forward, we'll start on your left side first, so you know what you're going to do, and you get your brain working and thinking in that format. And then we'll start on your right side. And I bet you it's going to go a lot smoother. Isn't it nice to have somebody that listens to the, like, listens to their people? Like, the fact that yeah. this person paid attention to your situation. That's that's awesome. I uh, absolutely, unabashedly love my Pilates instructor. They are one of the most incredible human beings that I have ever met. And... I have a better quality of life because of them and because of my two chronic pain specialists that I've been seeing to get my nerve blocking injections. I would not have a life that I do now if it wasn't for these individuals. And I am forever grateful for everything they have done for me. That's amazing. I'm really happy to yeah. hear that. Me too. <laughs> Sorry. I was also going to say that um, they were super excited to hear I was doing this specific podcast today. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that too. That's awesome. Right? I'm yeah. just like, well, how, how it, exciting right? is that? Like someone who like, it, technically this is their job, but like, I I would consider them a friend. Like if I needed a cup of sugar, I know I would be like, hey, uh, I know this is really awkward, but like, I desperately need a cup of sugar. Can I like borrow one from you, please? Right. Right? Like that kind of like... They are technically someone I hired to help with exercise. I would con still consider them a friend. And like we have good in-depth conversations and I have been vulnerable with this person. Right. That I haven't necessarily been vulnerable with other people and like friends who like I have been with a good part of my life. They have seen different sides of me that other people don't have privy to. And that's including with the exercise. Once in a while, exercise will make me cry. And instead of shaming me, instead of being like, oh, you shouldn't do that, they're just like, embrace it. Be present in the moment. If you need to cry, you cry. Yeah. And that permission, that allowance has been huge. Absolutely huge for me. Um, we also have uh, Peggy Rogers saying, your knee hurts. You should lose some weight. Walking is excruciating painful because of arthritis. Yeah, it'll be less painful if you lose weight, though. Okay, and how should I do that? By trying walking. 
Oh, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah. Peggy, yeah. I'm so sorry. Awful. And, yeah. and it's so, and it's incredibly true. It's, it's, incre- yeah. I mean, I, I will say I have been fortunate. I haven't had too many situations like that. Um, but I, I definitely have. It's like mm-hmm. you, you are not that you can't as a physician or whomever point out that weight loss would be tremendously helpful. It can't be the only place to focus because you will lose the attention of the person you were talking to. It is just a simple fact of what's mm-hmm. going on. And it is not always the only mitigating factor in dealing with, you know, these situations with pain and, and sometimes mm-hmm. the weight loss. Depending on your how your metabolism works. Hypothyroidism on this side. Right. You are maybe not in a position that simple diet wouldn't would, would take care of it necessarily. You mm-hmm. would have to exercise, and then you can't because of the situation you're in. So, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. There needs to be more this... complicated discussion. Sorry, just one more thought. Absolutely, just, go ahead. To... It it takes having a more complicated conversation, spending extra time to address the issue as a whole, versus just like least path of resistance here, lose weight, boom, done. Yeah, um, I hesitate to say this word, but more holistic view. Of your entire body. Okay, not gonna, not Mind, gonna lie. I was gonna say the word, but I'm like, I don't know. This is why I, <laughs> I said the way that I did. I like Mind that and body. Yes. Your diet as well as how you move around during the day. Yes. Like, all of it. Because well, even just your mental health can make such a huge impact on what your body is doing. It makes right? a massive impact. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna sit here and... and and blow smoke up my own butt. But I will say, my mindset for my most recent surgery and getting out of the hospital to go home and recuperate soon was based solely upon the fact that I knew myself enough. I was aware of where I was and what I was doing and how I was feeling to the point where I was like, okay, I can get through this without without the sort of phantom fear of my body being in so much pain after the surgery because i knew what to expect physically so it was a much so my point is like because i knew what to expect my mindset was in a healthier space i wasn't as fearful um which gave me the kind of i I don't want to say courage because it's not the right word the confidence i guess to do more earlier in a healthy way even just the pre-knowledge of knowing what to expect can help a bunch and I know that's only based on experience. Obviously, somebody going through yeah. the first time doesn't have that perspective. But if you nope. do in any way, shape, or form, use it to your advantage, whatever the hell the situation is. Yeah, and we've got an answer back. Um, uh, Shez saying to Peggy, that's how I got into cycling. Uh, but I also know it's not something that helps everyone. And I haven't really lost weight by doing so. So, yeah. But, yeah, even just something that you enjoy can really, really help a bunch. Yes. For sure. And bodies, and Kissy Kissin says, uh, bodies can be amazing and cruel at the same time. Yes. And. Yes. Your mind as well. Yeah. Your mind as well. Um, Some of the things that um, I have to keep reminding myself and keep doing is that, uh, is to remind myself that I have to accept what I'm able to do that day. Some days I'm going to be able to have a better capacity to do certain exercises, certain tasks, certain things, and other days, it's just not going to be that much. And that's okay. And instead of being like, oh, well, I was better yesterday. What did I do wrong? 
instead of being like, okay, this is where I am today. And that's all right. I am all right with that. And being patient with yourself with that progress, because it is going to have valleys, it is going to have mountains, and you're going to shift from day to day, even from hour to hour, you're going to shift on what you're capable of doing. And something small can happen, trigger, and you'll go from being like, I have all the energy, I have no pain whatsoever, or I'm at like a very low amount of pain that I can work and do things to all of a sudden trigger, boom, crash. Right. And you have to be also really, really careful of like, oh, I'm feeling great. Let me do these 50,000 things that have been piling up that oh, I haven't been about? doing uh-huh. uh, to being like, oh, I've done two of them. I've overdone it and I've cr- I'm crashing now and I can't move for a week. And then I start recovering and start feeling better. And like, oh, I'm starting to feel better. Let me do all these wonderful things Yay, again. Oh, this is I'm fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Great. What have I done? I'm crashed. Bang. And what and did I tell you earlier today? Hmm? Yeah. It's something I still struggle with. And it's something that I've been mindful with for years now at this point. Mm-hmm. And I still will catch myself or my spouse very often would be like, um, should you be doing that? Like, definitely. My spouse will just look at me being like, <laughs> should you be doing that right now? My spouse is in chat and will literally nod her head in the other room right now. Yes. The same. <laughs> yeah. Should you be doing that yeah. with your back? Yeah, no, I'm good. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Are you sure about that? Yeah, because overextortion can make your pain so much worse and you can strain your muscles. And then like the muscles you were counting on to sort of help you while the other ones weren't working as well will also then be in trouble. Right. And then like, yeah, you just you just need to be like, take a breath, be kind to yourself. And there's no thing of perfection. This is all through and through this is a journey yeah and every day every portion of it is a journey it's not uh well if i just do this this is going to be the perfect way of doing this specific exercise no, no, no. there's always going to be something that you can add to it and forget that 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 is not a healthy way of looking at it the entire thing is a process of course and moving forward but it's it's being able to be present within that process and have that perspective absolutely say, but that's why it takes that mindfulness that you've talked about over and over. Like you have mm-hmm. to take those beats to really like, this is something you're just, it, it just exists for you. So you have two choices. You can either try to be mindful and take care of yourself as best as possible, or you can be a jackass and continue to re-injure yourself over and over again, because that's ultimately what you're going to end up doing. Um, so yeah, I, I taking try- those pauses and just direct your awareness at your body and just taking a breath and just listen to yourself be present in the moment and just be (sighs) okay and listen to yourself with compassion not contempt not shame but with compassion and that one's hard that one is that one's really hard because as we've said it's our fault we feel like this and that's such a hard mental break to move away from and it is and something a i want to keep calling out on exercise too, by the way, because yeah. it's something i i guarantee that other people out there who deal with chronic pain say to themselves because you and i have discussed it mm-hmm. and it's very much something that's that's been a theme for me and i know for you as well so i guarantee others yeah. feel the same way it's like well you're dealing with this thing but you're useless and 
everything you're doing is, you know, it's not going to help and you're just going to be worthless the entire time when, and you deserve this. As you've said before, it's like, it's that, that mindset one. of like, I deserve this. I deserve this because I am a horrible human being and I am being punished for being a terrible person. And this pain is my fault. That one, I used to live in that space. I used to believe that genuinely down to the marrow of my bone believed that I was a horrible person and that the pain I was experiencing was justification for all the awful things I've done in my life. Which makes me sad for you because I know that and I know that you know that and others that know you know that that to be the exact opposite of who you are, but it doesn't ever quiet that voice. It's hard. It's It's been over a decade worth of counseling and working it through and rewiring my brain, basically being like, oh, hey, you know what? Stop. Right. Let's take a beat. Let's is is this true? No. Is it kind? No. So take it out. Right. Uh, uh. I'm not well, doing it. Well, and again, I mean, that's something I've talked about in 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 the in the history in my life of all the times I've ever sat and yelled at myself or you know berated myself or you know put me put myself down when has that ever produced any kind of positive result like yeah. when has that inspired me to do something in a in a, in a more positive way when has that ever you know pushed me to try something different nothing it just it's just like it sets me down in a spiral that's all and it just reinforces yeah. all those terrible old feelings that have, you know, never produced a good result whatsoever. No, it's never helped. I'm also, I'm putting a bit of a trigger warning as well in the chat. For those of you who are listening in the podcast, I, this is a little bit of a trigger warning. This l little bit of subject is going to be difficult to hear. Um, so if you need to take a moment, that's okay. We understand. Um, part and parcel of this um, is self-harm while being in pain. Just to try and hope that the pain stops or to ignore it and trying to change where it's going to if this hurts maybe i can make something else hurt more so i can forget this pain that i have right that one's that one i struggled with as well um i have uh my and again trigger warning my very first time i attempted to commit suicide i was in grade school right so this is something that is not new for me. This type of self-harm trying to end my life started when I was still a child, very much a child. And those thought processes are amplified when my chronic pain is at its worst. It's harder to spend the energy being like those, those voices are wrong and they are lying to me. And it took a lot of time. And like I said, I have been in a very, very lucky situation where I have had the access to counseling. Okay. And it has it has made my ability to stay within my own skin so much better. I used to hate myself, like genuinely hated myself. Yeah. And coming to terms that that voice was lying to me the entire time and it was wrong. That I'm took a lot so of work. I'm so glad you got to that place, though. And Me I'm too. So, and I say this apology, just on behalf of the universe, sorry that you had to deal that. 
Thank you, friend. I appreciate it. Um, for those of you who have have issues with that, I'm sorry. I know that that is a difficult one to hear, and that's a difficult topic as well. It ties in with my pain, though, because it the pain amplified all of those sounds, all of those untruths. Well, and frankly, and working through them. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say sometimes with chronic pain, it, it by itself can elicit that response mm-hmm. in certain extreme situations. Absolutely. I, you know, I've dealt with um, my own suicidal ideation throughout the years. I think I, my first was around that same age, around 10 or 11. And it had been kind of an on and off thing throughout growing up of this whole idea of you know that being in my head and it was amplified for me terribly so when i was in my combination of chronic pain well what what spawned my chronic pain and um and my drug addiction where mm-hmm. I so desperately wanted to end my life, but I was so much of a coward I couldn't do it. So I lived in that space between, and not. And that one's exhausting. It it is. I'm just yeah, and it, it, it to try and drag yourself out of it like it's monumentally. No, there's no difficult. dragging yourself out of it. That's that, just that darkness is a darkness that no light can penetrate. There's yeah, you, you need to be guided out. Yeah. And that's, I was yeah. there for quite a while. And as well, friend, I'm sorry that that is a space that you used to live in. And I am glad that you got the help that you needed and that you are here with us now. Because I love and adore you. I'm so glad that we met. I'm so happy we get to do this. Great. Well, I wasn't going to cry today, but here we are. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's okay, too. It is. It's okay as well to cry. Sometimes you just have to. But yeah, I love and adore you, Sid. Very I adore much. you, too, my friend. And you mean the world to me. And I'm so you glad. You mean the world to me, too. Even when we're doing silly fart jokes <laughs> off stream. Especially <laughs> silly fart jokes off stream. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> This is the point of this thing. This is like why we're here because this is the things. These are the things that people should hear. I don't yeah. believe in necessarily just you know throwing your business out everywhere, but you know in this space where we where we exist in these discussions, it's vital because it's real. It's it's who it's our stories, and it's other it is. stories. And as much as it sucks to revisit it and it hurts, important. So thank it you is for very sharing important. what you shared. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I've put the done so we can get back to our regularly Ooh, scheduled yeah. cozy chaos. Is that what this is? Okay. Cool. Sure. Sure. I mean, we did end up with a fart joke, so that, that, <laughs> no, it's that great. sort of tracks. It was a great punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, that would be a good punctuation. A I fart? Mean. <laughs> yeah. How would you write that out? Would it just be a little cloud formation or something? Maybe sort of like the the in the game Goose Goose Duck where they have a little cloud and it has like images inside the cloud of the fart. It's yeah, great. rather than some an of them are like point. Uwoo. Oh my god! Inside the cloud fart. Did you it's really great. just do an uwu on our podcast? 
podcast. Hi, I am Ellen D. Sometimes I'm a little chaotic and sporadic. What the hell? <laughs> All right, well, there it is, folks. On that disappointing note, oh my god. Uh, one of the the other ones I wanted to touch on um, with the Pilates that I do, um, my instructor's been really good. Uh, we've been going through chakras, which is not something I ever thought I would be interested in or want to hear about or have any part of it. And they have been able to present it to me in such a wonderful way. And I've really actually quite enjoyed it and the way that they talk about it. And one of the things that they do is sounding. So whenever you're doing a specific exercise using your different sounds, which is the different parts of your chakra. So like, ooh, ee, as you're doing the exercise itself. And that can help. Okay. And instead of holding in the pain, instead of like trying to hold on and to grip, you use your voice to help you move through the movement. And it's it really genuinely helps me and it helps other individuals as well. And if you had asked me this a year ago, I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, sure, sure. Now that I am doing it, uh-huh, yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm thrilled to hear you say that too because you found that and it's it's amazing and i've i've heard nothing but you and you know your testimony of support of, of doing it for quite some time now mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thrilled about that but um i i do want to move us into a direction if you are if you're up for that i am 100 percent up for that friend let's go um okay so we talked about um you know accepting that on you know, some days are better than others we talked about our journeys um, and, and having patience with ourselves. So I think, do you think now would be a good time to touch on the topic that you discussed regarding um, pain as it relates to what uh, women deal with, uh, with physicians and clinicians? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's actually a good one. And something, yeah, we talked about offline. Uh, and I've heard, we've seen some of our chatters here. We are reading your messages, by the way, for those of you who are here with us right now in Twitch. We do see the messages. We do, may not necessarily be able to get to all of you. And for that, I apologize. It just, uh, it's a, a stream of consciousness between the two of us. And sometimes, sometimes we'll just not be able to read what you say. We do but hear we them it. and we do see them. And your words are important to us as well. So please, please keep keep talking with us. Yeah, 100%. That's what we're here for. Uh, so as a woman, as a woman who is obese, as a woman who is obese, who lives with chronic pain, the number of times that I have been dismissed, I have been belittled, that I have had what my experience is to be made insignificant when they were not is palpable and this is throughout all of my my medical history the the belittling is incredibly real and it's ridiculous uh i have a physician currently right now who i am very much wanting to not have as a physician anymore because i do not trust them right oh good yeah you want to fire that physician immediately uh, I do. Uh, one of the reasons is because they misdiagnosed me with something that I do not have. Oh, no. And they dropped this on me. This is during the pandemic. They dropped this diagnosis on me, which they had used the an, an old system of how to test for this. 
not taking into consideration that I have a spinal injury. Are you comfortable so what they sharing did, what that diagnosis was or no? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to continue with it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so that's okay. Um, so my, I was saying that I was having issues with my hips and that it was getting to the point where like I couldn't lay on my side and I couldn't sleep and the pain in my hips was getting so much that I was waking up in the middle of the night or sometimes waking up in the middle of the night crying because the pain was so much. It woke me from the dead of sleep. That's terrible. And so my family physician was just like, okay, I need you to come in. Be sure you're messed up because it's a pandemic, what have you. And they're like, okay, stand up and turn your back to me. I'm like, okay. And they're like, poke me on my back. Does it hurt here? I'm like, yes. Poke here. Does it hurt here? Yes. A couple other places on my spine. And he was like, okay, sit down. So you have fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Great. Do you have any questions? I'm like, uh, yeah. One or two. Uh, One or two. I have a lot of questions. I'm sorry. I know people who have fibro and I don't have any of the other symptoms. Like, okay. Like, do you, do you have, do you have any pamphlet? Do you have any information? And like, I kept asking question and then another question and then another question because again, I have several people in my life who have fibromyalgia and i'm just like this just doesn't track right i don't have problems with sense i don't have problems with like certain touch like one of the ones is if your collarbones are extra sensitive like just touching that and it feeling like fire yeah i don't have any of that i don't have the irritable stomach whatsoever i've got a pretty good stomach even on my bad pain days my stomach is usually pretty good well that's good Right. So I'm just like, I, I'm I don't have any of the other symptoms other than like you poking my back a bunch of times. And the doctor then looked at me. He's like, well, I have other patients, so you need to leave. Wow. Cool. Glad I kid talked. you not. I kid you not. I'm in shock with a diagnosis that I don't understand why why I have it, because it just doesn't sound right. And I had to walk to my car, sit in my car. I called my spouse. Complete tears. And I messaged one of my friends being like, I was just diagnosed with this. And then I told them how I was diagnosed. And my friend who definitely does have fibromyalgia still can't get a physician to diagnose them because they they are being told, no, you have to go to a rheumatologist. And all rheumatologists right now in our area are not taking any patients who have fibro. Oh no. So because they are inundated with it. Wow. That's... And I had to sit in the car, ball my eyes out to my spouse before I was safe enough to drive. Right. Cuz I will not I drive say... if I am overly emotional or if I have too much pain. I am not putting anyone else at risk. That is my choice to get behind the wheel and I better be 100% or I'm not driving. And I refused. I just sat there in the cold. It was February. It was winter. And I just sat in the cold and talked with my spouse until I was calm enough that I could do the, and it's a four and a half minute drive to the hospital. Like genuinely, the hospital's just down the street from me. And I wouldn't even do that under duress. Right. Because I, I didn't want to put anyone else in risk. Well, and that was my diagnosis. Awesome. And I was just like that. It just doesn't, it doesn't fit and even my friend is just like that doesn't sound right i and i've been trying for years to get that diagnosis and no one will give it to me and they just gave it to you by poking your back a few times that is please pardon the expression 
bullshit. Yes, I think the expression fits. Um, and so thankfully, I'm very lucky that I have a pain specialist who I get nerve blocking injections from. And I was like, okay, you have patients who have fibro. Is there any other testing that you can give me? <laughs> right. And there's this very long written form, back-to-back sheet of questionnaires. I have never in my life been so happy to fail a test in my life. Uh-huh. And I yeah. failed the fibromyalgia no test with flying colors. Woo-hoo, Absolutely right. bombed it. <laughs> Perfect. Fibromyalgia to this day is still on my medical form. And anytime I get a new doctor, they're like, oh, you have fibro. And I have to explain to them, no, I don't. Right. Even though I sent in the form, I had that pain clinic being like, can you send this form into my family physician so they can take this off my, off of my, my sheet because I don't have fibromyalgia and they were wrong and they haven't. So it's just been stuck there for God knows how, how, I don't know how long you've had that diagnosis, but that's just been like Uh, two years now. Oh, great. Because it was was near the beginning of the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. And, and so, look, like, those things happen, of course, but that just seems so arbitrary. Like, what are you basing this on? Just this one simple physical thing? Like, there ha- you have to there there has to be more criteria than just simply that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, oh, the pressure points in your back are sore, even though we have a spinal spinal injury. Yep, fibro. <laughs> that's that's insane. More than anything, though, it was the dismissal. Of being like, well, I have other patients you need to leave. Well, and that, so, I mean, I could, this could be its own podcast itself, you know, mm-hmm. the, because I think, we, I don't want to get too far off road because I really want to focus on, on what your part of this topic was. But I will say that in general, that type of behavior does exist in that field, regardless of uh, male, female, whatever. Um mm-hmm. I had a situation where they had to do a biopsy on uh, some skin that they removed from my back, and the, the physician was like, well, you know, we'll see what's going on. In the meantime, one of my nurses will be here in a second. They came in with a pamphlet that says, cancer, what now? And I'm like, I'm is sorry, this your way what? of telling me I have cancer? Like, what the hell is going on? I was, Talk about burying the lead a little bit there. I was physically sick, and I couldn't get more information because the doctor had left the building. I was like, what is happening? Wow. So it wasn't until, like, two weeks later when, you know, they finally, uh, actually, no, I'm sorry, I won't I won't exaggerate, it wasn't quite that long, it was maybe about a week, but long enough for me to have, a, you know, a nice freakout session. Meltdown? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to work, and I was sat at my desk, and I was, I mean, essentially, like, shaking and in tears, like, the whole entire time, like, did I just get diagnosed with cancer? Like, what the hell is happening? Um, and it wasn't the case. It, the, the They grabbed the wrong pamphlet, didn't bother to correct it when I asked them, so that's just what Damn. I had in my mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, friend, I am so sorry. Yeah, it was it wasn't great. I had another physician who, um, I had come in with a stomach issue. It was on the heels of a bad virus, but the pain was still there, and he was instantly convinced that I needed to get my gallbladder taken out. I think I actually told this story maybe on our first podcast, where he he just was he knew it was my my gallbladder. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to a general surgeon. We'll get that out of you. And I'm like, wait, really? Just 
without any further information based on anything, you're just going to recommend me to a surgeon? So he said, well, if you really want, I can send you to an internal medicine doctor. I said, yeah, can we do that? That'd be great. Yeah. So I went there and we did uh, endoscopy and I had ulcers. I had an ulcer. Yeah, totally, completely different. What the hell? So that by itself, I mean, is rampant. But now I, I would, do, I want to do. Really, I think it's vital that we have this part of the conversation because I have heard from numerous friends who I'm not going to call out um, that are part of our community the situations that women deal with in these scenarios where they're trying to express, you know, having this or that type of pain. Endometriosis yes, is, exactly. is a common one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to shut up for a good minute and uh, sit, sit back and listen. Yeah. Um, I I can't speak specifically to endometriosis. I can speak to uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, meaning that I get little tiny cysts around my ovaries. It's great, especially when they rupture. I, I'm It's awful and I hate it. <laughs> Would I would not hope recommend. so. Would, zero out of would five not would recommend. not recommend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the worst one I had, it ruptured while I was at work. Now, if they're big and they rupture, they can cause a lot of damage and like you need to go and get help immediately type like right. bad damage. This one thankfully wasn't, but I was at work standing, talking with a customer and I felt it go. Wow. So this is something that you've been dealing with basically for a long quite time. A, quite a few years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but polycystic ovarian syndrome is terrible. And it it has different, like, very interesting ways in which it um, comes out sometimes, um, which has nothing to do with what we're talking about in terms of chronic pain physiotherapy and exercise. But, like, it's just, it's its own kettle of fish. However, oh, why did I say fish? That's awful. Right. I'm sorry, everyone. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We can just move past that. Yeah, yeah, we'll move, um, right move, move right along. Um, but yeah, it's just some women are definitely either being told that they are being hysterical, mm-hmm. that they are looking for attention. Oh my, I've had that when attention. my back pain was bad. I was by myself. In, in the apartment when I was living in and just bawling my eyes out because I was in so much pain because I could barely move and just mm. being like, oh, you're just looking for attention. I'm just like, how am I looking for attention? I was alone. Right. There was no one around me. Uh, nobody nobody that would give me attention would be there. So why? what the hell are you talking about? And that's a common common thing for women to have to like n- n- get, n- navigate around i was trying to say negotiate i'm like that's not the right word navigate around i would have understood what you meant by negotiate but Mm -hmm. i get you yeah um so so and that's a preconception that that happens in medical fields and i have been very lucky with some of the physicians that i have had um, we've got a message uh, from Everset saying, I can speak from experience with endometriosis is the worst. Imagine what they consider to be normal cramping at times. The pain is uh, pa- uh, the pain is by 1,000. And then pair that with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Uh, we also have Chez Plus Cat. And that's the number one treatment for it. Lose weight and take uh, metformin. 
uh, like, come on, polycystic ovarian syndrome makes it harder to lose weight. Metformin has its own issues. Ugh. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. It's sometimes even like the cure causes so many other problems. Yeah. As well. And those aren't addressed or even necessarily disclosed at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually, you know what? I, I do want to, I do want to jump in for a second because I think this is something that can be, these are, this is something that can be sort of said to everybody who deals with anything, any medical issue. There is no better advocate for your physical or mental health than you. Ever. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're getting treated in the way that L&D was talking about or whatever, I dealt with whatever, be your own advocate. Don't just simply sit idly by and accept an answer that you know to your core is wrong. We're not clinicians, obviously. We can't sit here and self-diagnose. But when L&D was hearing the, the you know the uh, fibromyalgia diagnosis and went through the laundry list in her head, I mean, come on. Like... You know, you will always be your best advocate. Yeah. And pain sometimes makes it so much difficult to get through that, especially if you're having brain fog that day. No. And having to be your own advocate while also dealing with all the pain and the a lot of... <clears throat> Excuse me. No. <laughs> no. You will not get away with that. <laughs> I'd get away with that. We're going to take a sidebar right now. <laughs> that's why I said we're just going to walk past that because that's the joke that came into my head. <laughs> Sorry, I, I sent Sid a, a private DM doing that we could giggle, giggle about after. <laughs> and that's why I, I regretted the word fish. That That's why. That's all. Sorry. <laughs> Anywho, so yep. your your own uh, your own yeah your own person yep. yeah let's let's own best advocate yes. and sometimes that's really difficult and sometimes you just need a friend to be with you. My spouse is amazing, mm-hmm. and so I I've had my my current physical my, my my current GP when talking with me about my chronic pain, asking my spouse. I am in the room, yeah. sitting there. I am the one who is living through this experience, and this doctor was asking my spouse. Right. That's amazing. Of course you want that, obviously. So the hysterical whatever that is over there, can we talk like, you know, men do about what the real problem is? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Can you – I just – I need to – I'm sorry. I hate to make you walk <laughs> through it. I got to ask. How – can you describe to me the situation and your reaction to it? Uh, for for the physician of, of where they were asking my spouse what my pain was? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my spouse kept looking to me so I would answer. Right. like Because they support me and know that I have a better ability to, to speak for myself. And I'm very lucky in that regard where my spouse is just like... Uh, and would like shrug and like point at me or like gesture towards me and be like, you you answer, you take... Even though this, the doctor was specifically asking what is her pain like in this? And I was a her. I was a she. Right, basically, not, a, basically a that yeah. over there. What is that's problem? Correct. Uh, Kiss yeah. a kitten in chat makes a really uh, important point, and I I didn't mean to gloss over it, but I need to bring it up. Uh, yes. She says that I mean, being your own best advocate can be extremely difficult when you've been beaten down in the medical world enough. We basically get trained that's not to speak up, and that's a hundred percent true. However, just I guess 
it's 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 a statement of you're your own best advocate not in the moment to inspire like oh you should go do a thing but in that like there is no other choice you are truly your own best advocate like you have to fight yeah. on your own behalf so um I, I hope it wasn't taken that like i was saying oh yeah no you just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and go you know talk to many dogs no that's not what i meant no. at all no and and that's a, a fine line as well especially if you only have so many spoons that day especially mm -hmm. if like you're the one who drove yourself there of course yeah right and having to basically go into a room knowing that you're going to have to fight for yourself it can be exhausting and a lot of people will sometimes be like i don't i don't have the capacity for this today and will then not get the help they need right and it ends up getting worse to the point that they have to be hospitalized immediately through er to only again being like oh you're just doing this for attention here's some aspirin go home yeah yeah and Here's the other side of it too, though. I, I mean, I am not in the medical field, but I, I know that we all know people in that field, and we know how people are, in general, and it is very difficult to treat and to deal with when you have lots of patients because you know typically most most clinicians will sort of go not least path of resistance. I don't want to be unfair, but go with what's most common what the what the, mm -hmm. the best answer is in the moment to get to the next person to the next person because you know yeah er's fill up urgent cares whatever i think you call them um what do you call them in, in canada family physicians no urgent cares is like when you don't go to the you don't go to the emergency room but you don't go to the doctor it's like it's like a step below emergency room but a step above going to a doctor well there are clinics here I just, but, they're uh, called something. I just forget what they're called there. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm lost, but that's okay. okay. We'll figure it out after. <laughs> after. Like, oh, that's what you meant. Anyway, but. Yeah. So I, we get all that, but that doesn't then, that doesn't give license to simply just board shit out and run out of a room and go on to the next patient. Like you need to be a bit more engaged. Your patients. Yeah. I, I find that a lot of medical places are not being given the support that they need either. And it's very much a get them in, get them out, get them in, get them out, get them in and get them out. Who cares? Just, just, we need a faster rollover. Come on. We need, right. we need more people to be seen. Come on, do this faster, do this better. And it causes burnout. It causes compassion burnout specifically. Yeah. You just where, become where you just do not have the capacity to be compassionate with your patients because there is nothing left in the tank. Right. Um, and that's really difficult as well. That's that's a whole other a whole other thing. The loss of compassion. Yeah, I mean that that would be kind of common. I, I imagine mm -hmm. after some time, it'd be very easy to lose your your empathy, your compassion for the people that you're treating. After yeah. some kind of time, I don't know how I would react to that situation. Um, but no, I I did say urgent care. I thought there was another term you folks used in Canada for it. That's all. Uh, yeah, no, there's urgent care here. So. Oh, it is. Okay, maybe I was thinking yeah. of something else then. Possibly. Um. Okay. So I'm sorry. Yeah, there's. Yeah, there's urgent care. There's so there's the emerge emergency room where like, um, you either get someone to drive you there, you drive yourself, or you get um an ambulance to take you there, and that's twenty four seven. Um, there are then um, either family physicians that you can see or there are clinics where it's like it's urgent, but it's not like you're about to die kind of urgent. So it, there are clinics here. And maybe that's what you're 
you're trying to refer to where they'll have not necessarily your family physician, but there is a physician that you can see. Okay. Possibly. Uh, And yeah. Catch up with Especially now, Kissy Kitten is correct, especially now during a pandemic where all of our medical professionals are being immediately tapped out for how long has this been going on for now? And compassion fatigue is a legitimate issue, uh, both with regular individuals, but also for medical professionals, especially uh, with the increased patient load. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a lot and it, it impacts them and it impacts, you know, the patients. I mean, you know, and, and care is becomes kind of diminished. That's a whole other conversation. Uh, yeah, and we, we, we definitely have different things when it comes, um, like Canada versus the United States in terms of, of care as well. And there are some things where I'll, I'll see like, oh my goodness, this person needed urgent care for this very specific thing. And they were charged quarter of a million to be kept alive. Yeah. And to me, that is wild. Just absolutely beyond capacity wild. Because, and this is true, every single human at one point or another is going to need urgent care. We are? are going to need time in a medical facility, and they're going to need medical support. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I mean, that could be an entire, you know, series of podcasts we could talk about. I mean, I work in the industry, in the insurance industry in the United States. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to say it, the evil empire. Um, (laughs) And it's, there's a lot to unpack there and it could last for hours for sure yeah um absolutely but ultimately and i think mm-hmm. go ahead no i was gonna say ultimately whatever system uh you have you want the delivery of care to be as you know as good as possible you want the people that care for you to just give some kind of you know give a fuck basically for lack of a better term excuse me and, and take the time to listen to whomever yeah, is have speaking. have compassion for you. Yeah. Speak to the person in front of you. Pretend that they're an actual person and not someone's property or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think we've uh, found a different route versus the uh, chronic pain physiotherapy and exercise. Although I have really enjoyed this mm-hmm. this part of the conversation as well. And I think it's also something that is incredibly important. Well, I think off-roading is good, especially if it's if it fits oh, yeah. with what we're talking about too. Especially for those who have ADHD. Well, Hi. Hey, I have going? ADHD. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um yeah, I've my journey has definitely been long in terms of finding the right thing for me. And like we said, like we went over earlier, like it was physio, personal training, gym, geriatric, water aerobics, walking, yoga, elliptical, to where I finally found my happy space, which is Pilates and Pilates on the Cadillac machine. But that was a journey I needed to take. And I'm so glad you took it too, because when you talk about it, it's just, you, you kind of light up. You, you seem to really love what you get out of it. And I'm thrilled for you. Oh for yeah. That. Pilates is one of the best things I've ever been able to do in my life. And I'm, I'm so excited because there's so much more to learn. Mm-hmm. And almost every time I have, um, I have a class. I go twice a week. Almost every single time I have a class, I am learning something new. And I'm also working on the stuff that we've been working on. There's one, this one exercise. I've been trying to do this for weeks and weeks. And it's, it's tricky (sighs) because it's 
there's you're uh leaning back you're going forward you're coming back up and then doing all these things and like even just getting my head in the right space so that like i have a nice long neck the entire time and not like having my head back here or having my head down here uh, where it's not supposed to be mm-hmm. i have to be mindful of it yeah and i have found um one of the um chakras that we had been working on I ended up starting doing my exercises with my eyes closed mm. and just being really present. I was going to say you were really into it then. That's amazing. Really present in my body. And like we were supposed to be doing that for just like a, a few here and there. I've continued that going forward and I found that has made a positive difference for me. Because I trust my instructor. And that's the big difference. Part and parcel is I know if I'm if I need to readjust a little bit, they're going to let me know. And I trust them implicitly. And then and it's trusting my own body being like, oh, you know what? I my shoulders, they're back up on my ears again. I got my earmuffs going. I need to do that. And my instructor's like, oh, good readjustment. I saw that. <laughs> I'm just like, yes. Yes. Well, you, you need right? that kind of feedback when you're trying to learn yes. something. Right. And it's good that Very you have so. a person who's as supportive as they are. So it's amazing. Hmm. Um. Well, I'll be honest. I think I covered most of what I wanted to cover with this conversation, as far as um, exercise and PT. Um, yeah. Uh, I know that you've been saying that for a while. Like, oh, I hate PT. Can someone go for me? Oh yeah, no, I'll complain about it, but I'm go. I go every time. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's just because. You know, they, and I love that. I love this about um, my two physical therapists is they, um, they push me and not, and not Mm -hmm. in a way where like it causes fear, but just in that, like, they know what I can handle. They take very good care of, um, you know, making sure that I'm safe and I'm working when I'm supposed to. And, you know, like, even if I'm feeling like I can do something, They'll say, look, you know, I know you feel you can do it. Let's do this first. And then if you really want to, we can finish with that. You know? I like that. So yeah. when I might be a bit of a, you know, over, over eager, they, they are there to sort of <laughs> pull me back a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My, uh, uh, I get that. Now don't go too far. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Don't go too far. Bring it back a little. Okay, okay, that's fine. But bring it back. Okay. Dial it back just a wee yeah, bit. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely, I, I do that sometimes, yeah. for sure. And um, because of my hypermobility, I have to really be extra careful. Because like, so things like if I'm standing, my knees will lock. Okay. And I'm not getting as much of an exercise if my knees are so locked that part and part part of the muscles group that's supposed to be exercised isn't getting the support and exercise and stretch that it needs. And just that constant, like, okay, remember soft knees, soft hips. Think like nice, warm bowl of butter for where your hip joints are and just soften all that in. Okay. Now do this. I don't want butter hips. Seems like Oh, a... sometimes butter hips are delightful though. Are they? I don't think that's a yeah. good way to support your body. I feel like you just fall. If you're doing a specific exercise, it can be <laughs> as long as you've got the support. Oh, and I was or you hooked up to a bunch butter. of springs. Oh no, no, that sounds like a terrible idea to to ta- to change your body chemistry to have butter instead of hips. As bones, yeah, no, not not a thing. Yeah, would not recommend either. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm being absurd now. Maybe <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. 
you were a little bit obtuse, but I appreciate it. I listen. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is true. But yeah, this has been a really good conversation. I've really enjoyed it. I have too. And um, as we said before, um, I love doing this with you. I really do. Same. And I am honored to yeah. call you a friend and a co-host, my friend. I am so glad that we have met because you have improved my life. Um, when we are off stream, we actually say, how are we like not siblings? Right. Like this is, we're definitely siblings just from different parents in different countries. Yeah. (laughs) Cause so often we're on the same wavelength. Very much so. Yeah. 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 The internet is a weird place and I kind of like it. I know. Even though we don't know what each other's knees look like. This is true. This is very, very true. I have no idea what your knees look like. Nope. 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 But, you know, we have conversations <laughs> like this, which are amazing and very, again, I, I'll, say, I'll say it all day, that they're very needed. And I'm happy I'm happy to have them. Sam, yeah. And I think having people being able to hear that other people have had similar experiences, even though, like, every individual has had their own unique experience, hearing someone having something similar, making them feel less alone. Like, that's that's part and parcel of it, right? Well, and to you, you are not alone. You're not. You really you are aren't. not alone. You matter. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds very cliche, but it's true. You matter to me, I my friend. Mm-hmm. You matter to me too. Um, I saw this um, meme the other day, and I think I'll share it here before we wrap up. Um, it was this billboard that says, I love you. You're probably thinking, you don't even know me, but if people can hate for no reason, I can love. So I choose to. I love you. I think that's perfect, and I've seen that, and it made me very happy when I saw it, and I'm thrilled that you saw it and remembered it. Thank you for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, friend. You're welcome. All right, so did we do it? I think we did. Well, hey, gonna... did you know that you're awesome and amazing? Ah. Uh... This is what this is how we're ending this, huh? Yeah, I I am awesome and amazing, and you are awesome and amazing, friend. Uh, I am awesome and amazing as well. Thank you, thank you. I, I legitimately just felt my skin I crawl. Know. So I know, I know you did. <sighs> I know you did. Um, the reason why I'm saying this now is we were talking about this earlier, and and Sid and I had like a two and a half minute screaming <laughs> fest on on Sid trying to get Sid to say this. I'm like, look, I'll bring our friend Kissy. You were Kitten a bully. I was totally a bully, and I the, I brought out the big hammer of Kissy Kitten, and Sid's like, no, no, don't bring Kissy into this. And I'm like, you know, I will. Sid say oh. the words, and yeah, <laughs> so rude. I know. I know it hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, but like awful. in the best way possible. Mm. So, all of you gals, guys, and non-binary pals, both in Twitch and on the podcast, thank you for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. Seriously, thank you all for. Well, I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase and use your 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 phrase, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. There we go. Thank you all for being here. Absolutely, and I think. For the outro that you had wonderfully created, did it include the topic? It did not. Do you remember? It did not? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to transfer this over, or I'm going to transition this over to the end of stream. I'll play mute. the outro. 
So I'm going to um, mute really quick, so bye, my friend. Thank you for everything as well, as always. Bye. Take care. Love, 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 love. You know I'm waving at the screen. <laughs> All right, everyone. Let's transition this over. Let's trans transition this over. Now, Sid worked really hard and made this amazing outro, so let's get this playing. Uh, hopefully this will work. All right, everyone. We did it. We did another stream. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time to stop in, to listen, to hang out, to talk with us. It wasn't our usual cozy chaos here in the Grove. So I appreciate you sharing your communities with me, sharing your experiences, your thoughts. We read them. And thank you for being here. I really, really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I... Will admit I was a little nervous to be doing something like this because this is being vulnerable in such a very misunderstood subject, which is pain because pain is subjective. And I am so incredibly fortunate and lucky to have an amazing co-host in Sid Coletti to be on this journey with me. I trust this individual and I'm, I'm proud that they are my co-host in this journey. And all of you gals, guys, and non-binary pals, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. I hope that you get a really good night's rest and that you wake up to a beautiful morning. Thank you for choosing to spend your time here with Sid and myself. Be sure to be good to your hearts. Get plenty to drink. Make sure to get some stretches in there. If it's that time of day that you need to go take your meds, please be sure to do so. And I will be back streaming in a little while this upcoming week is going to be a little tricky i will put some more information in the discord though but know that i love and appreciate all of you and you take care of yourselves okay i talk to you soon goodbye 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 now goodbye now still waving at the screen miss you all already take care bye that was our show and on behalf of lnd and myself i want to thank you so much for being here if you want to see either of us and visit our streaming communities, please visit my friend LND at twitch.tv forward slash lesbian next door, all one word, or myself at twitch.tv forward slash Sid underscore Coletti. That's C I D underscore C O L E T T I. Also, we encourage and appreciate any and all feedback, so please feel free to email us at backpainpals at gmail.com. That's backpainpals, B-A-C-K-P-A-I-N-P-A-L-S at gmail.com. And let us know what you think or any ideas that you might have for our show or any feedback you'd like to share. Until next time, thank you for stopping by and listening, and we appreciate you, and uh, take care.